everyone. Welcome to Bury the Lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zarati. And I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press music reporter Aaron Labarbe. Welcome back, We're Aaron. Back. Two, I know. Almost two months. I know it has been almost two months. Jeez. Uh, you've been busy handling production. You've been basically <laughs> our section editor. Sometimes, yes. Yeah. So that's that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a lot to catch up on mm-hmm. on the show, like basically a summer's worth of things. Uh, I want to talk about a essay that I read about uh, optimization and particularly how millennial women are kind of being forced to always be optimizing. A uh, term coined by Gia Tolentino, mm-hmm. an excellent essayist. Uh, what else are we talking about today? We're going to talk about our opposing views on dentistry. Yes, we are. We do. (laughs) Opposing views on dentistry. Uh, I'm going to do a brief wedding update for those who are interested. And I think that's it for today. Uh, Oh, and uh, Weight Watchers and their rebrand to, I think it's Target Children. But they are rolling out a new app that is targeting kids. Before we get to all that, how was your summer? Usually it's how was your week, but how was our summer? Mm-hmm. Um, it's been very busy. <laughs> Two of our colleagues were away for the summer and they typically are the ones who are editing the section. And, and hopefully so, more details on that yeah, to come. Yeah, we're not, I don't want to share anything yet because yeah. we got to make sure we're all clear yeah. to talk about that. But so they were gone for like right before Jazz Fest started until now. Yes. And my colleague Rob and myself took over editing the section like one week on, one week off. And it's been cray. Like, it's been so <laughs> busy. I kind of had to learn on the job because the training time was happening when I was busy covering festivals. I Like, right, previewing Jazz Fest and stuff. So it was kind of like, okay, well, here's an email with everything you need to know. Go on and do it. <laughs> and you're using, like, words now. I don't know. Like, ripping pages. And yeah. Like, a bunch of, like, things. I know. I, like, oh. I know. It kind of... Because I used to work Inside on the, the process. I used to work on production. You've done... A little known fact about my co-host, Erin Lamar. <laughs> I've done every job in she this newsroom. She has done room. every job in this newsroom like, pretty much. Pretty much. Including uh, part, sports agate. Uh, yes, including stats pages. The only thing I haven't done is, like, literally be the editor of the paper. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I was kind of kind of recalling all that skill, all those skills that I learned years ago when I first started here working nights mm-hmm. on production. And let me tell you, it is not like riding a bike. Like oh, you I'm forget sure those things. Not. You forget so fast. Well, I appreciate you catching all of my typos. typos <laughs> what was the one yesterday? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's nutrition. Called, yeah, nutrition. And specifically <laughs> with, with four L's. Or too many L's. That was great. Too many L's. Um, but other than that, it's just been like normal festivals, busy, busy, busy. You're coming up a very successful Slovenian pavilion. Yeah, Folklorama. <laughs> I just like, I can't even <laughs> recall everything that happened because it's just a blur. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Uh, the summer has not been the best for me, to be honest, mm-hmm. just because of various things happening in my personal life. So my uh, grandfather, to whom I was very close, right. died. And then uh, we sold uh, our family cabin simultaneously with that. So it was just like a lot of like... Because that was his cabin, right? Yes, that yeah. he built. Yeah. Um, and something I didn't realize, sort of a cute story about that. Um, so we had a log frame cabin. Uh, all the logs came from Riverton, Manitoba. Okay. They were all milled for this cabin that he wanted to build because he had been to a log cabin uh, when he was a kid and always wanted, that was his dream was to own his own one day. Hmm. So built it in the early 80s with like the help of my dad and his son and family. And um, so, yeah, so there's like baby pictures of me there. Like I Aww. really grew up there. So it was like home, right? 
at the same time, it was really weird to be there without him because that was kind of his, like, he was always yeah. there. Even if he said, you can use the cabin, like, he would roll up, like, 45 minutes later. <laughs> I'm like, hey, guys, I'm going to make hot dogs. Like, so <laughs> it was really strange being there without him. So it kind of seemed appropriate to let, let it go. go. Yeah. Um, and then listeners, longtime listeners know I've been trying to get my driver's license. Yes. Forever. You're very excited Forever. about it this time. Um, so I took a test. And I failed. (laughs) But it was kind of my best ever fail, if that makes sense. Like, I definitely felt like I was more confident that I was a better driver overall. I made a sort of silly mistake that cost me, you know. But what was interesting is I ended up writing a column about it. I ended up turning it into one of my Gen Tries columns. You know, those Gen Fails. Um, But it was really interesting hearing from readers who have been in similar scenarios, including Mm -hmm. several women over 70 who were like... I never got my license because I was too afraid. Go do this for both of us. (laughs) So I'm going to try that again this week and I'll report back next week. You're getting married. Very soon. Oh man, it is creeping up real fast. So we haven't done a wedding update with you in a while. Yeah. Uh, What's happening? (laughs) Well, everything was kind of moving on at a very leisurely pace until maybe about two weeks ago when mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> it's like two months away and I have so much stuff to do still. I don't know how that happened because I'm very organized, but it's mostly we're at that time where we're just paying everybody. Yeah. So like I'm working my bum off to make extra money and it's just like every time a check comes in, it just like flows immediately out the door. I felt like I was handing out Monopoly money at the end. There. I, I was like, okay, here, I have, like, like I've never take my wallet. I've never experienced this kind of cash flow both in and out mm-hmm. ever in my life. And I'm just like, it's exhausting. Well, it's also funny when people, and I don't know if this was your experience, but when they'd be like, how's wedding planning going? It's like, well, I answered emails. Yeah. yeah. Like it just, it feels yeah. like you can never cross anything off any to-do list until you're walking down an aisle. It's like, true. It's, it's, that is, that was probably the most frustrating thing to me is that never feeling like I could just be like, this is done. Cause it, no, no, it's not. It's not done. It's not because someone's cousin has an RSVP. Right. You know, like well, we have, well, we have like a solid two hundo coming to the reception. That is a, it's a large wedding. And we, we only have like 30 RSVPs left we're still waiting for which i think is pretty good that is pretty good so if you are one of the people, yeah, yeah if you're one of the people who has nerves they peed please get on it <laughs> please do it otherwise you don't get dinner um yeah. i waited until i found out what taste <laughs> i waited till after aaron's tasting i know to rsvp but so. like i've had my first dress fitting i have my second one next week everything's fine there yeah and it's just like the constant sort of little things that you mm-hmm. forgot about or didn't know to forget about <laughs> you know like like the other day i was like wait how are we, we have flowers for the church, but like, what are they going to stand on? Mm-hmm. So then I call the church and I'm like, you guys must have pedestals for like funerals and stuff, right? Yeah. N- no, they don't. So oh. it's like another call that you have to make to the rent to these think about. flower pedestals for like $80. Oh my gosh. Like, Jeez. Yeah. The wedding industry is, is a ripoff. It is just a lot. It's yeah. a lot. And it's a lot of like tiny things that you need to deal with. And it's interesting. Um, I was, and I'm guilty of this too, sort of the scathing wedding postmortem of events that I've been to. Yeah. Having had a wedding now, I'm kind of not here for that anymore. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know what? People are trying their best. It's very stressful. It is. You have literally no control over whether 
the steak is cold right and like right. why is that a reflection of me as a person you know like <laughs> right. you know it's yeah it's uh that piece of it is really challenging yeah um which, and I, yeah yeah like and as I was saying to you like you it, I, I hit this point where I was I was like okay how do I how do I explain this okay there's so many things that people say that you should have at your wedding yes and you're like do I want this yeah. Because this is what everyone else has, or do I want it because I actually like it, or do I not want it because I'm trying to be con- contrary? Right. And so you like you really have to sit down and think like what is important to me. <laughs> Who am I? Who am? It's like it's like a very <laughs> weird like existential crisis. No, completely. And it's like, well, wh- why do I want this? Is this because I like I actually want this, or because I think I need it, or it's it's like this whole weird process yeah it's the maybe it's me maybe it's capitalism well yeah (laughs) and so there's a whole period of time where i'm like no i don't want any of this stuff this is just the wedding industry telling me what i have to be and i'm like no i do want a three meter long veil because it's beautiful like this is what i want absolutely and it's because i want it not because of someone else. but like it takes a really long time and that was an unexpected part of this process for me and i think that is actually a benefit of being an older bride Mm -hmm. like you think about and I'm going to give my BFF a shout out because she's also a listener, Carly, who has planned weddings forever. Mm-hmm. And we've often talked about what our weddings would have looked like if we had gotten married when we were like 22. I can't even we're, imagine. Oh, the Gerber daisies. Like, you know, I like can't even just, imagine. Your taste changed. Just like and you become Lisa more, Frank theme. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but you become more secure with who you are. So you are oh, better sure. able to kind of navigate exactly sure. that kind of that pressure and like I also I think I probably would have taken more people's opinions when I was younger mm-hmm. as a 30 year old I'm like uh sorry I'm paying no. for this so I don't care what you want like yeah like I was yeah I'm gonna have two favors sorry yeah <laughs> like, that's yeah, just what I'm gonna do happening. sorry mom yeah like I did not do um I was kind of the three traditional items that I was just like eh, I don't care about this um I was not given away I did not do a bouquet toss mm-hmm. and I didn't do like the garter thing yeah we're not doing the garter either i did not have a veil um i have a very extravagant veil despite so much veil pressure from the wedding it's dress sales ladies i was like then they put one on me and i was like oh this does look very bridal and she like rolled her eyes <laughs> like well yep yeah no that is I one thing like that i really wanted tiara i like i look like my wedding photos actually look like they should be on currency like it looks very regal uh-huh. um so no regrets but yeah and then you start thinking about like later. Oh, I wish I did this differently. Oh yeah. The one thing I've made peace with mine because a, it was four years ago and B it was a it's lovely fine. day. Yes. And also it's over and who cares? And it's the silliest thing. Would you like to hear what I would change? Yes, please. I actively dislike the way Samson, my dog was groomed at the time. No, of my the wedding photos. <laughs> <laughs> it was a he just he had a bad haircut oh he yeah the a cats bad will haircut. be nowhere near the wedding yeah we had we took photos with him and yeah sometimes i'm like mm. yeah my cats and also know. i feel like my eyebrows did not look as good as they do now. <laughs> those are my so two specific. those are my two very specific, <laughs> so specific items so yeah we're just kind of like knocking things off the list kind of cut some stuff that we're like yep. do we really need this no i'd rather have dinner tonight like yeah yeah oh, totally <laughs> so the other thing that really surprised me um, I always thought that I would be way more into the reception and the party. Mm-hmm. My favorite part of my wedding day 
was the ceremony. Yeah, that's which what you're blows sp- my mind. Yeah, you're supposed to. I know, yeah. but like you know, because I I think because I had been to so many weddings where the ceremony was very impersonal. Right. I think I kind of had my brain had kind of made a link to like, oh well, this is just kind of a formality. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. It no. can be like a delightful very memorable thing and that is honestly my biggest take home so Mm -hmm. but weddings kind of leads to our next subject it's an essay that i read that i know you haven't read but i will share it to you okay just fill me in it's part of my like link span that i periodically send you (laughs) uh but there's a writer for the new yorker named gia tolentino who i've been following for a while she used to be at jezebel she has a book out this month called trick mirror and so it's been excerpted all over the place and one essay i really love that she wrote from this book that kind of is a springboard for topic of conversation Mm -hmm. is um about how women but specifically millennial women are just like you always have to be self-optimizing so it's like oh yes the life hacking and the athleisure and like the always choosing salad instead of fry like there's so many you're never allowed to only be doing one thing no you always and you always have to be striving to make yourself better yep thinner yeah more productive yep healthier better like, skin yeah and she really does a great job at kind of weaving that in through the mm, um, interesting wellness industry uh and as it kind of plays out on instagram because i think there's a lot of pressure oh yeah to basically be a living instagram feed and you see that sort of in the wedding choices oh yeah home decor choices also it's like do we all really want all white rooms or is that just something that has been told that is the best by right. Instagram you know like it's mm-hmm. just it's such a interesting minefield we're all weaving through and then I read something else about um sort of this perfectionism optimization as it relates to the cleanliness of your homes mm. and how that still in 2019 is a reflection of women yeah for sure so it really is interesting and you kind of see that in the the wedding thing too where it's like okay if my wedding doesn't go perfectly that's somehow a moral reflection on who i am as a person right if my toilet looks like a gas station <laughs> that is a reflection of me as a per- you know like yeah so it is really interesting all the pressure that we're all under and it feels definitely like ratcheted up i don't yeah. know how much real estate you have in your brain to all this well so when it comes to wedding stuff specifically i feel like my partner and i are pretty relaxed about things going wrong because as pragmatic and type a as i am i i also understand that like it's out of my control absolutely so like someone's experience at my wedding is almost entirely out of my control if everyone's fed and not rained upon and you know that's fine um in life other than wedding things i totally understand all this because like i have a need to be organized and like for for me having a messy home yeah makes my brain feel messy me too and like I can't work from home I can't do work if there's dishes in the sink and it doesn't affect my partner the same way it affects me it's like I will literally have a breakdown because the the house feels so dirty yeah. <laughs> like, and like I don't have time to clean because I'm too busy optimizing other parts of my life yeah yeah I know and just the negative self-talk that comes with that so like, mm-hmm. oh, suddenly I'm like a failure because I didn't wash my sheets this weekend and eat a salad every day. Right. What is that? Like, I'm so tired. It's of exhausting. It. Like, it is exhausting. It's so tiring. I, I do a lot of work like in my own brain with like giving myself a break. Yeah. Because ever, we are so hard on ourselves about everything. And I'm like, I can't work 20 hours a day every day. Like, it's just not going to happen. I do the 
what would you say to a friend test a lot yeah that's a good that's a good one because we are way meaner to ourselves than we would ever be to a friend Mm -hmm. like if a friend of mine came to me was like you know what I've had a really rough six weeks I don't feel like going to the gym tonight I'd be like of course you don't eat a pizza whereas for myself it's like you're terrible so like it's just so but what's so I've been actively working on this all this to say this has been kind of a theme of my summer as well as to kind of get rid of these thoughts a little bit and I'll tell you when you're not constantly striving it's actually kind of destabilizing because you're like well oh my god what but am I, I doing? I it's like you're suddenly like you have all the space and time and you're like, oh, oh, oh. Right. But do you not feel like you're accomplishing, maybe not more, but accomplishing better things? Probably. Because you're not so focused on, well, you've removed that pressure, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, and I also do believe that, uh, you know, the famous perfect is the enemy of good. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been really trying to channel that lately because it's true. Sometimes you just need to get things done. Are yeah. they going to be perfect? No, no, because nothing is. It doesn't exist. So, I also find that when I don't have the expectation of getting stuff done, I- I'll just do it any anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, yeah. I, if it's not on my to do list, I'd be like, oh well, I have some time, so I- I'll clean the bathroom. But if that had been on my to do list for the evening, I would have just stayed on the couch and not done it. Same. I'm it's totally like this weird with you. mental thing. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like the intuitive eating thing, mm-hmm. where you know your your body. If you trust your body and yourself to make positive choices whatever that means to you you probably will but as soon as you start you know as i have often said on the show boot camping your life mm-hmm. then it's like well why am i making everything into homework yeah you yeah, know that's true why am i wringing all the fun of things i once enjoyed because i need to attach some sort of metric to them for no reason like mm-hmm. Which brings us to Weight Watchers. Oh, God. <laughs> um, we've talked about this on the show before. Yeah, I think so. Um, how they kind of have done a recent rebrand yeah. to kind of drop the word weight out of their branding. Right. And their company image and kind of become more focused on wellness. Wellness. Which we know is a bit of a slippery slope. And they've rolled out an app this week that is designed for kids ages 8 to 17 oh, which is geez. a pretty formative time mm-hmm. with respect to eating mm-hmm. weight etc on one hand i understand why parents might look to this as like oh this teaches because on its face it sounds pretty good like it's kind of has like a you know here's you can eat whatever you want but there's like green yellow and red like food and the red is like the stop and think food and blah 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 i can see if you have a child who's struggling with health thing like mm-hmm. legitimately a medical doctor has said this is a problem mm-hmm. but i'm concerned that because it's on an app it's on anybody's phone anyone can use it like i don't think it's going to be used with the supervision that is intended mm-hmm. and i also don't know why it's necessary if you look at the statistically more kids are more likely to develop complications with disordered eating of course yeah. than they are with obesity mm-hmm. and we know that from health at every size that health can exist at every size so it's just right. like <sighs> well it's just another way to make money it's a, it's not a not-for-profit organ it's a for-profit company. exactly it is just another demographic that they have previously not really tapped into that they can make money from that's all it is which it's, is it's it's making money from concerned parents and and teen girls who think they're fat absolutely which already exists like right the average age for a first diet is something like 
eight or ten yeah it's ridiculous yeah because it's all inherited systems like everyone saw their like aunt or their mom or their grandmother do it and then they and they can put whatever freaking label they want on that app but it's a di- it's a dieting app. it's dieting it's a disordered eating app it's dieting and weight loss and yeah. weight loss you can legal. paint that with whatever rainbow colors you want but you exactly. can't hide what it really is it's not uh not about health or wellness <sighs> which is a word i'm, I'm, I'm growing to hate that word so I know, much me too I did. I'm going to talk about this more next week and um, maybe we can include some clips from her. But I interviewed Dr. Jen Gunter, who is mm, like yes. the New York Times gynecologist and uh, goop fact checker, lasso of truth wielder. Um, and she had a lot of interesting things to say about why women turn to wellness because their doctors don't listen to them. Yeah. And so it kind of it's this well-intentioned thing that ends up being so dangerous because there's so much misinformation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we'll talk about that more next week. But You're kind of in your wellness, it's all sort of blending together. I know, it's kind of a thematic episode. You are on still on your Invisalign journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the other update from the summer. Uh, I have a very tenacious overbite. <laughs> and it's not, it's changed a bit, but not enough. So I found out yesterday that I probably have to do another full round which is like 30 weeks. That's like being pregnant twice in a row. It's, it's been a lot. I personally feel like this is a racket. I think that it is. I've seen benefits to it. Mm-hmm. So I've done sort of the cost benefit analysis and I'm, it's, I paid for it. So it's no longer, I'm no longer spending money on it. Right. The issue with orthodontia is that it's basically physics and biology and where they don't necessarily agree. So if my mouth is just like, no, you have an overbite, it's going to take a lot to correct that. But I have noticed that my teeth are straighter. They fill out my mouth better. And there's a Mm -hmm. lot less pressure between my bottom teeth and my top teeth. So there's definitely more space, even though the bite isn't totally corrected. Mm -hmm. But the most hilarious way I've noticed the biggest change, when you have an overbite, and you eat a cheeseburger, you lose more bun on the bottom. <laughs> like your bottom bun, go- it's, it's a thing. Okay. That has that has stopped. Oh. So clearly my bite is improving. And my dentist agrees that the there has been bite improvement. Agrees with your cheeseburger theory. Um, but yeah, so it's just like. I hate the dentist. I'll say it. And I don't hate my dent. Like I don't hate them yeah. as people, but I hate going to the dentist and the procedures that happen when you're there. Like, I just, I don't like getting the, you need to floss more lecture every single time. <laughs> like maybe just don't poke my gums with pointy sticks for 20 minutes and then tell me, oh, they're bleeding. Like, why don't I poke your arm with a pointy stick for 20 minutes and like, oh, your arm's bleeding. Maybe you need to strengthen up your skin. You should poke your arm more. Poke it more. It'll be, it'll build up a resistance. Um, like, No. And preemptive fillings, like, don't even get me started on that. I don't, I don't, ha- <laughs> I don't even have pain, and like, all of my teeth are filled. Like, I, I don't understand this. I do not love the preemptive filling as well. Like, like that, it's not, it's not bothering me. Like, if I yeah. have am, am in pain, I will come and I'll see let you. you. Know. Uh, I love the dentist. I know you do. <laughs> it's because you're like a three time a day flosser. Um, that is partially a function of Invisalign. Like, you have to have very good. Or health because mm-hmm. basically you have plastic trays in your mouth all day. Right. Um, but the phrase that made me a flosser came from a dental hygienist. And I'm going to share it with you, but then it'll never leave you. So I'm going to warn you. I doubt that it will still make me want to um, floss. Basically, 
she was like, the reason you're flossing is to not only remove food, but to, quote, disturb the bacterial colonies. So that made, I'm like, yeah, that's gross. I'm flossing. Never. But I like. Just give me dangers. I only like the cleaning. I don't like like procedures, but. Oh, and like the, the the weird paste that they use with the little brush oh, like polishing it all up yeah ugh, i like a good teeth cleaning i could actually barf. fall asleep during a teeth cleaning it, makes it feels nauseous. like productive and like a and pedicure the fluoride, like oh, oh God, fluoride's it's bad it's just awful but like yeah it's get like, in there it's and like get the that worst day of my year two times a year <laughs> honestly i hate it so much we're gonna end today with reading, watching, listening, because it's been so long. I know. Uh, All I do is watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I'm watching less TV now than I ever did, just because I'm so GD busy with other stuff. <laughs> but do you want to start or do you want me to start? You can start. Okay. So I'm pretty sure I haven't talked about this before, but honestly, I can't remember. But it's worth talking about twice anyway, so it's fine. Um, I've been watching the show Songland. I believe it's an NBC show. Mm-hmm. Um and is it like one of these summertime reality sort jobs? of but it took a break for a few weeks and it just came back on last night with a new episode oh okay um and when i saw the promo for it i was like oh another reality singing competition like this is so stupid why there do are I- a lot of them there's a lot but this one isn't a singing competition this is a songwriting competition interesting so the people who come on some of them are good singers some of them not so much but they're songwriters and they perform um i think they bring in four songs and they perform for ryan tedder who is in one republic esther dean who's an amazing songwriter producer um scott i can't remember his last name but he's also a really amazing songwriter and then they bring in a musician like a really famous musician who will choose one of the songs to record and release as their new single cool so they've had like the jonas brothers they had megan trainer they had casey beller is it casey bellerini kelsey bellerini um mac miller was on not mac miller he passed away Ugh, macklemore <laughs> sorry <laughs> reverse that it was macklemore um he was on last night's episode and so the singers come in they sing their song and then these like musician producer people will just like tear it apart in the most loving way and be like maybe you should change this maybe you should change that they'll like bring out a, a guitar and they'll just completely reinvent the song on the spot and you're just like that is cool this is why you make millions of dollars because you're so flippin' talented and so then out of the four they pick three and each one gets paired up with one of the producers Mm -hmm. and then the musician will pick the song that he he or she likes at the end so then they go into the studio with the producer rework it based on the notes given by the artist right what they would like to see for the track and then they come back perform it again like the revised track and then the musician picks and records interesting the single i like that i like process-based yeah. stuff and but like, like it just stuff happens they're so good like they're it's just unbelievable i've always been a, such a huge fan of ryan tedder like no shame on i love how much i love one republic mm-hmm. i've always thought he was amazing and it's just like what they can do just off the top of their head is unbelievable oh yeah like the genius of being able to hear something and being like and like invert it or switch it yeah. or change the key oh, you know what this needs yeah and like, oh, they'll they'll alter a drum beat and make it like half a beat slower or half a beat faster. And it will change the entire dynamic of the song. And like they heard that in their brain. Yeah. See, it's it's so interesting and it's way more interesting than any of these singing competitions. Like, well, absolutely. I would highly, highly recommend checking it out if you're at all interested in songwriting. Absolutely. And I also think it reinforces the idea that they're, you know, there's a whole team behind 
exceptionally talented people. Yes. Of course, they're, they have to be talented, but there are and I will say, equally talented people behind them. Yeah. And I will say, too, it puts the musicians in a very good light as well. Absolutely. Because they are also involved in the process of yeah. like switching things up. Like Joe, Joe Bros, I, I don't really care so much for them. Um, but they were very involved in the process and were like offering good suggestions and, yeah. and switches and, and we're singing on the spot and blah, blah. So it puts everyone just like in the most fantastic light. And I yeah. love it. I love it. Awesome. Um, I'm also going to do watching. Okay. Uh, because I just finished the latest season of glow. Oh, I haven't started yet. It is getting so good. Yeah. I mean, I've always been a fan of the show. Yeah. As listeners know. This season particularly, they've been doing a lot of um, delving into identity and how mm. sometimes identities you cling to hold you back. So, sure. you know, yeah. Sheila the Wolf, she goes through a real journey this season. Oh, I love Sheila. Um, and it's just also the work that they're doing around um, LGBTQ, especially through the 80s right so mm-hmm. um you know their show is a show that they're involved in gets victimized by a hate crime and oh. kind of one uh character is reconciling with coming out but not really you know using the word gay it's so interesting and it's such a good example of how diversity will always make your stuff better so like a really diverse cast with really interesting stories um yeah it's really good so i recommend either Start watching Glow if you're not already or get caught up if you haven't yet because it's excellent. It starts off slow this season, but this has been my favorite season so mm. far. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So what else? How do we end this? Oh, yeah. What are you working on? <laughs> Putting on I a paper? I actually just started working on a ginormous profile mm-hmm. of Begonia because her debut album is coming out mid-September, about a month away. So I'm going to be talking to her parents, talking to her collaborators, oh, yeah, you're former deep. band members, tour mates. I'm doing a sit-down interview with her. I have the new album, but I haven't listened to it all the way through yet, which is why I didn't talk about it today because <laughs> I want to wait till <laughs> I get through the whole thing. And it's going to be huge. They're letting us go on set for a music video shoot. Like It's going to be awesome. a very large, in-depth feature. That's awesome. I'm excited. Um, I have a few smaller things, including one about, uh, dog park etiquette and dog behavior and how to kind of tell if your dog is a victim or a bully mm-hmm. in a bo- dog park context. I can tell you that both my cats are bullies. I mean, I can tell you that for, for free. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And kind of biases that we have about certain breeds. So mm-hmm. the trainer that I spoke to was talking about a, there was a German shepherd that was being bullied by two pugs, Aww. but nobody thought anything of it because they're pugs they're pugs mean but yeah mean these, little squish these, faces these little squish faces were really uh, telling this german shepherd what to do oh um so yeah so that's coming up and then sort of a larger feature i'm looking at is uh intimacy coaching so on the film sets theater sets and kind of you know in the me too era how to do a respectful love scene so that hmm. should be coming down the pike pretty soon as always, you can find everything that we've written at winnipegfoodpress.com. You can also follow us on social media. I'm at Jen Zarati on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Nyarabel on Twitter and Instagram. And we will see you next week. Bye.